For the first time in human history, the church is not going to gather to celebrate Easter. We're gonna watch from our homes. Think about that, that hasn't happened in 2,000 years since the very first Easter. We're gonna watch from home, we're gonna be scattered. But just because we're scattered doesn't mean we're not powerful. Bible says that after the Sabbath ended on the first light of dawn, on the first day, Jesus's friends, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to take a look at the tomb. Suddenly the earth shook violently beneath their feet as the angel of the Yahweh descended from heaven. Lightning flashed around him and his robe was dazzling white. The guards were stunned and terrified, lying motionless like dead men. 
Then the angel walked up to the tomb. He rolled away the stone and he sat on top of it. The women were breathless and terrified until the angel had said to them, there's no reason to be afraid. I know you're here looking for Jesus who was crucified, but he isn't here. He has risen victoriously just as he said. So come inside the tomb and see where our Lord was lying. Then run and tell everyone that he has risen from the dead. And 
Well, happy Easter to all of you. This weekend, we are celebrating Resurrection Sunday, the day when Jesus got up. And if Jesus got up with his help, you can get up. That's what my mom always say. Baby, if he got up, you can get up. If you are like me, so many of us are excited. We're so excited to get back to life and to celebrate this Easter Sunday. But before we do that, we need to remember and recognize that this year has meant a lot of loss for many of us. This past year, my friends, my family, even in my own life, I personally experienced sickness, death, division, hate, loss of a job, depression, and the list goes on. Before we celebrate resurrection, we need to remember our God experienced those things as well. He is no stranger to loss and death, but the story doesn't end there. Easter is all about finding new life in Jesus, and that is why we are here. Sandals Church Online family, I am so excited that you are here with us today. Sandals Church is one church with many locations and an online global ministry. If you are new to Sandals Church Online, we are honored that you would click on today. In fact, we would love for you to say hello, say hi to us in the chat, or you can type in the number one in the comments, letting us know that this is your first time. Or you can go to sandalschurch.com next, and an online campus team member would love to connect with you. So please say hello, and we will say hi back. Here at Sandals Church, we are all about being real, real with ourselves, God, and others. This is who we are and who we have been for the last 23 years since we began. And this vision has helped us transform thousands of lives and, and how people see themselves, see their communities, and, and how they have had their marriage change and, and what has happened in youth and kids. It's been an amazing vision, and it's a vision worth sharing. So please share it. Like, like right now, you can share this service with someone you know. Easter is actually the most attended church service in the entire year. And research shows that 88% of people would come to church if just invited. So invite someone right now. This is your church. Invite someone to this online amazing church experience. Send a text or, or hit the share button or share this on social media and let the world know that there is hope and that there is a God who has something new for them. If you have kids, we have an awesome kids service every week that is designed with them in mind. We're here to help you lead your kids into knowing more about Jesus and show them what it means to be real. After the service, you can watch it with your kids by going to kids.sandalschurch.tv. We also have a channel on YouTube for teens to find content for Sandals Church youth that is perfect for them. We are about to jump into the message. But before we do that, be sure to download our Sandals Church app and discover all that we have for you at Sandals Church. And you can also follow along with the sermon notes. Here with an Easter message, a powerful Easter message about how Jesus can help us come back to life, here is our lead pastor, Pastor Matt Brown. Hey guys, welcome to Sandals Church Easter 2021. We're gonna talk about how to come back to life. Amen, it looks like maybe there's some hope. It looks like maybe things are gonna be changing. I know some of you are still, still watching from your bunker and you're a little afraid, but so many of you have gathered at our campuses and we're so grateful for that you're here. We're grateful for those in the bunkers too. But man, we wanna celebrate Easter. Jesus says this in John 10, 10. He said, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. And you're like, I'm not rich and I'm not satisfied. Amen, that's why you need Jesus. Jesus wants to bring you back to life. So many of you, you're looking to the wrong people. You're looking to government, you're looking to medicine, you're looking to your grandma, you're looking in all the wrong places for a rich and satisfying life. Jesus wants to call you back to life. But here's the problem. 
Some of us, we don't want to come back to life. We just want to go back to normal. Like we fantasized about how things were and we've forgotten what life really was like before COVID. Some of you are fantasizing about movies. Oh, I just want to go back to the movies. I hate movies. Kids throwing candy, reading their phones, people getting up, you know, coughing, gagging, all of that stuff in the movie theater. And you don't have any of that at your home. You're like, I miss the good old days of being distracted and irritated while paying hundreds of dollars to watch a dumb movie. Amen? But you know, in the gospel of Luke, Jesus, he calls a person forward. He says, don't, don't, don't go back to normal. There's something better than normal. There's new. And so Jesus, in the gospel of Luke, look, man, he feeds 5,000 people with a couple of pieces of bread and a couple of fish. Like, I'm always a little surprised when they get my order right in the drive-thru. Jesus, man, he orders it right up perfect for everyone. He feeds 5,000 people through a miracle. Then he says, come and follow me. And one of the, the people that Jesus spoke to, and maybe this is you, he said, yes, Lord, I'll follow you, but first let me say goodbye to my family. Let me, let me go back to the way things were. Look, man, you just watched the Savior feed 5,000 people. Can your family do that? Can they do that? Jesus saying, don't go back to normal, come to me. And then Jesus said, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Listen to me, if your biggest hope in life is the way things were, then you're going to miss out on the way Jesus can make things become. You're gonna miss out on the goodness of the gospel. Isn't it amazing, the older we get, right, amen, we tend to glorify the past. Like I glorify the 80s until I watch an 80s movie and then when I watch it, I'm like, oh kids, don't watch, you know, it's terrible. You know, I mean, have you done that parents like, oh, let's watch Pretty in Pink. That wasn't pretty, that pretty, right? You know, that was really, really bad. It's terrible, man. We glorify the past. Some of you, I've seen you with your, your kids, your little two-year-olds, and they're so cute. You're coming out of your crevices, you know, out of your bomb shelters, and you're out there with your kids. Oh my gosh, aren't two-year-olds so cute? For about two minutes. <laughs> about two minutes, man. They are the cutest things on earth. God makes them cute so we don't just squash them, right? But if you give that two-year-old two, more than two minutes, man, they're going to turn to the devil. Just keep watching. But, but I, I, I remember when my kids were little, right, where you just pick them up and put them where you want. No, you go here. You can't do that with a 22-year-old or you go to jail, right? You, just, you can't do that. But I have good news. This is what Easter is about. You don't have to go back to your old life. You don't. You don't have to go back to the way things were. You see, that's what's so sick about our culture. Our culture says you make one mistake, you're canceled forever. Jesus says you make one good decision with me and you're forgiven forever. You don't have to go back the way things were. Because Jesus rose, listen to me, because Jesus rose, nothing has to ever be the same again. Some of us though, we can't get back to life, let's be honest, because we've fallen back into some bad habits. Some of you, right, you, you, you know, you, you've fallen off the wagon. Some of you have fallen back into depression. You've fallen back into addiction. You've, you've fallen back into the old ways, ways that you thought you were so far from. But isn't it amazing how when our lives are rattled just a little bit, the things that we put to sleep long ago wake up again and they swallow us? Proverbs 26, 11, it, it's a difficult verse, but man, the Bible's real, realer than you and I are. It says, as a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats his foolishness. Here's the good news. Easter, Easter, the power of Easter means that Jesus is better than normal and he's more powerful than our bad habits and sins. Listen, even if you've fallen back into sin, Jesus went into the grave willingly and he came out so that he could bring you out of your deepest, darkest secrets. Maybe even some things that the person sitting next to you has no idea you've done this year. Jesus knows what you did. That's why he did what he did, to bring you out. I wanna share with you, we're in a series called When in Rome. And today, here's where we are in the text. We didn't plan this, we didn't know this. This is just where we are as a church. And so if you're joining us for the first time, this is, just, this is just our journey through 2021, right? That's already had its ups and its downs. But here's where we are. In Romans chapter five, verses six through 11, it says, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and he died for us sinners. 
Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone perhaps would be willing to die for someone who's especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we've been made right with God in his sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. Now listen to this. Why do we celebrate? Why do we gather? Why are people all over the world who call upon the name of the Christ, cheer, the name of Christ cheering today? Because now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God. That's the beauty of the gospel. Why? Because of the Lord Jesus Christ, he has made us friends with God. So how on earth do you, this Easter, come back to life? How do you get out of your bunker and into the will of God? How do you step forward and not go back? Here's how. To come back to life and try to control your amen, because you're going to let people know where you are in life. Here's how you come back to life. I have to come back to the truth, right? I got, man, let me tell you something. I think as a culture, we are great at sharing our feelings, amen? Like, we, we, we can share some feelings. We can share some outrage. Like, we, we, we are good at expressing our emotions. We are terrible at finding the truth. Terrible. I don't care what the truth is. It's no longer as plain as the nose on your face. Man, if Pinocchio was alive today, he'd be confused as to whether or not he was telling the truth. It's just so difficult because no matter what you, what you think, what you say, what the issue is, somebody looks at the exact same thing and has a different opinion. But you know why that is? Because the truth is difficult. The apostle Paul writes a letter to the church in Galatia. Listen to what he says. This is the apostle Paul writing to Christians. He says, have I therefore become your enemy by telling you the truth? You see, sometimes the last thing we want to hear is the truth. We don't want to hear the truth. And that's why so many people today are turning away from Jesus because Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the way and he is the life. And people don't like that anymore. We want to express our feelings. We don't want to face the truth. Listen to what Jesus said to the people who heard him preach. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, he said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. It will set you free. If you want to come back to the life, you, you, you've got to become, you've got to come back to the truth. No matter how ugly, no matter how hard. That's why as Christians, we don't just celebrate Easter morning, but we celebrate Good Friday. You see, Good Friday is the hard, ugly, nasty truth. Jesus had to die for us. You see, Easter reveals the truth about my soul. Listen to this, Romans 5, 6, when we were utterly helpless. Have you ever been helpless? The Greek word is athenis. It means weakness, helpless, total inability. You are completely unable to get yourself out of the situation that you are presently in. Have you ever been there? Some of you, you're coming to Sandals for the first time, you're tuning in for the first time, and you don't know my story. You don't know that I got COVID. Now, some of you got COVID, and you're like, Achoo! and you moved on. Okay, I didn't get that COVID. That COVID fairy didn't visit me. Like, I got the COVID devil. That's who came to my house. And let me tell you something. I've never been more sick in my life. And some of you are like, I don't think COVID's real. It's real. It's real. I had it. It was horrible. It was horrible. On my worst day, on my worst day, this is no joke. On my worst day, I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't even walk to the bathroom. My phone kept ringing and buzzing and ringing and buzzing. When I finally got the strength to answer it, it was from a friend who said, I'm so sorry your grandpa died. I was so sick that I found out my grandpa died from somebody else who found out on social media. You know what killed my grandpa? COVID. Let me just tell you something. I was so desperate. I was so sick. If you said I had to inject crack into my eyeball and you were a doctor, but you promised it would feel better, I would have considered it. <laughs> have you ever been that helpless? Let me tell you something. You may have never been that helpless physically, but if you don't know Jesus, you are that helpless right now spiritually. Spiritually. 
You are lost without hope if it's not for Easter. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and he died for us sinners. One of the things that you just need to admit about the last year is it has been total chaos. The word for chaos for in the Jewish language is balagon. I think it sounds better than chaos, right? Balagon, right? It just sounds great. But the word for order in Hebrew is seder. Is your life disorganized? Is your life chaotic? Now, let me tell you something. Some of you keep hoping that the world will become less chaotic. They're not going to change. They're not going to change. One of my favorite authors, Jordan Peterson, he wrote 12 Principles for Life. Listen to this, an antidote to chaos. He went nuts last year. The guy telling all of us how to organize our lives, he went crazy. Why? Because the world is crazy. And if you try to address it without Jesus, you're going to join him. In the midst of chaos, Jesus brings us the Seder. The Seder is what Jews practice as they remember Passover. Some of you, you haven't grown up in church, you don't know what Passover is, and it literally is an English word that tells you what it means. It's when God passed over the sins of Israel, and they put the blood of the lamb on their doorposts, and God judged every household in the land of Egypt that did not have the blood of the lamb on their doorpost, and God passed over their sins. As Christians, this weekend, we celebrate the second Passover. And we don't celebrate a dead lamb on our doorpost. We celebrate the lamb of God who died to take away the sins of the world. And that's what we celebrate. And here's what Jesus is offering. He is offering you the Seder. He is offering to organize your life in the midst of chaos. And let me tell you something. The world has always been chaotic. Always, when you read Genesis 1, the first, the first words in the Bible, our English words translate it, the world was null and void. The, the Hebrew word is chaotic. And what does God do in Genesis chapter 1? He orders things. He brings things into order. Why? Because life without God is chaotic. He brings your life into order. Look at our world. Look at, look at our world right now. The further we get from God, the closer we are getting to chaos. Romans 5, 7a. Now, most people, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person. Like you, let's be honest, 2020 has shown you you, amen? It's shown you you. The first two weeks of COVID, my wife wouldn't kiss me. She didn't want to get COVID from me. I'd be like, hey, babe. She's like, whoa. Like we're all, we all got very, very concerned about ourselves. We got like, remember the first time you went to the grocery store? Here I go, here I go. Like you were the bravest person on earth. You had your Superman cape on. I'm gonna get some fruit. But do you remember the first few weeks of COVID? I don't know about you, but we did a lot of walking. That's all we did. We did a lot of walking. We walked, my dog has never been as physically fit as she has been in 2020. Like usually when you say you want to go for a walk, she's excited. 2020, she's like, really? Again? Is everyone going to walk me in this house? <laughs> but we would take our dogs on walks. And so you need to know that I live in the country. And when I say I live in the country, I mean as much country as you can possibly mean in Southern California. <laughs> That's where I live. But, but, but where I live, man, people own horses. They have horses and there's horse trails. We don't own any horses, but we do share ownership of the flies that the horses bring. So we own those. So we go out on the horse trails and we love to go walk and, and we would go walk and there's lots of under, underdeveloped land and no people, right? Remember COVID? No people. It was great. Remember they, in California, I don't know where you live, you know, we live in communist China here in California. They, 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 they literally put caution tape on horse trails, caution tape around jungle gym equipment as if it wasn't already dangerous. Amen, parents. And so around where we live, man, I was just free, you know, me and the horses and the flies and the poo, and we would just go out there, and it was so great. But I was out there walking my dog one day, and I ran into a guy, and if you remember in Southern California, I know people watch from all over the world, but it never rains in Southern California, like ever, ever rains, unless, of course, you decide to visit, and then it will rain. But if you remember that first week when the whole country was shut down in Southern California, it rained like six days in a row. It dumped on us. 
And so I was out there, it was one of the first days that there was sunshine and I was walking in the field and I found this dude. I found this dude and he's like in his lowered Honda and he thought it was a good idea to go driving through horse trails after it had rained for five days and he was stuck. He was totally stuck. Remember it was COVID, I was super nervous. And he's like, hey man, can you help me? And I was like, no, stay away COVID, stay away. And I wouldn't help him. And I'm like, and, I, and, and I, I especially wasn't gonna help him after I said, do you want me to call the police? They'll help you. He's like, hey man, don't call the, don't call the cops, man. And I was like, this conversation is over, <laughs> right? And I just kind of left. And, and I, I feel so bad because I wouldn't even help him, man. He was totally stuck. His, his, his little Honda was submerged in mud. I mean, deep in mud and no jack, nothing was gonna help him. He needed to be towed. And I just left him. Man, what a picture. What a picture of who your pastor is. What a picture of how morally superior I'm not. I was like, I don't wanna get COVID, I'm not gonna help you. And I just walked away from him. Some of you guys, man, you've walked away from friends this year, you've walked away from family members, you've walked away from church because you've discovered how self-centered you are. I'm not gonna help anybody because I might get sick. Let me tell you something, Jesus Christ came to the earth not to get sick, but to die for you. Romans 5, 7 and maybe you're not bad like me. Maybe you're better than you. You're like, I would have helped. Okay, well, here's your verse. Though some of you perhaps might be willing to die for a person who's especially good. Let me just be honest. Most of us have a hard time living with the people we love, much less dying for them. But there are some great people. And we can't celebrate life this year without celebrating our first responders. Like some of you, you've been in your bunker your whole year. You're like, if you're a cop, you had to go to work. If you work in an ambulance, you had to go to work. If you're a fire person, you have to go to work. If you're a nurse, a doctor, you work in a hospital. Like there's been, some, there's been some good things about humanity that says that there's still a part of us that reflects the image of God. And I praise God for those people. I praise God that they went to work. You know, some poor guy stuck behind my backyard. I'm like, you're on your own, buddy. Romans 5.8, but God. You know why it says but God? Because he's different than you. He's different than me. Man, I couldn't help a guy stuck in the property behind my house. Some of you guys wouldn't even help family members this year. And you know why that is? Because you're different from God. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. You know what makes God different from me and you? is he can love what we can't love. He loves sinners. He loves sinners. Now you like that when it's you, but he doesn't just love you as a sinner, he loves all sinners. And he sent Jesus Christ to die for them. A lot of you, I know you're social, socially active and that's great. You want the world to be a better place, that's great. I want you to know that Jesus didn't protest what was wrong. He died for the one who was wrong. Do you hear? I'm gonna say that again. Jesus didn't protest what was wrong. He died for the one who was wrong. We got a lot that's wrong in our country. And you know why that is? Because we haven't gotten Jesus right yet. There's been a lot of just racial tension in, in, in our country this year. And, and I know some of you watch from other countries, so I, I don't know what's happening where you live, but I know this, everywhere I've been in the world, there is racial and religious tension. There isn't a spot of land on earth where people live in peace. I want you to know this, that right now in America, we're watching the, the, the trial of police officer Derek Chauvin and he's being held accountable and being judged for the death of George Floyd and his responsibility in that. And people have all kinds of opinions about Derek Chauvin. People have all kinds of opinions about George Floyd. Here's what I want you to, here's what I want you to know the Bible says about Derek Chauvin and George Floyd. The Bible says they're both sinners. And Jesus Christ came to die for Officer Derek Chauvin. Jesus Christ came to die for George Floyd. And Jesus Christ came to die for Matt Brown. And the reason you don't want your name in that sentence is you haven't met Jesus yet. 1 Timothy 1.15 says this, this is a trustworthy saying and everyone should accept it. This is the guy who wrote half the New Testament. 
He said, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Stop. And I am the worst of them all. You say, well, Derek Chauvin, he killed George Floyd. The apostle Paul killed our greatest preacher named Stephen. He killed him. He was a murderer until he met the Messiah because Jesus changes lives. Jesus changes hearts. You wanna know how we end sexism, how we end racism? You wanna know how we deal with all the isms? We deal with Jesus because he changes us. I want you to know that Easter is Valentine's Day to God, to you, from God to you. But he didn't send a card or flowers. He sent his one and only son and he said, I love you. Like I said before, because God loves what you and I can't, sinners. So how to come back to life? I gotta come back to the truth, we're all sinners. I'm a sinner, you're a sinner. Number two, to come back to life, I have to get, I have to get right with God. It cracks me up, people all the time, I'm good with God, me and God are good. I talk, to good all, I talk to God all the time in my backyard, snowboarding, surfing. I talk to God every day. Well, if you talk to God every day, you're not listening to him because Easter says there's a problem. Romans 5, 9 says this, and since we've been made right with God in his sight by the blood of Christ, by the blood of Christ, we're made right with God by the blood of Christ. What the heck, why did Jesus have to die? If your relationship with God is so good, if you're good, let me just tell you something. Listen to me, and husbands, take note. You cannot be one person and speak to the two sides of a relationship. Amen, husbands? Like, if you ask me, how are you and Tammy doing? I don't just get to tell you, we're good. I think we're good. I think we're great. I think I'm good. I'm good, so she's good. We're good. You see, in a relationship, you don't get to declare how the relationship is. You have to ask. Honey, are we good? Are we good? Like, we were good. Are we, are we still good? Here's why so many of you run around saying me and God are good because you've never actually asked him. It broke my heart this week that on Easter week, the holiest week of the Christian calendar, some of you were more interested than little Nas and his Nike shoes with human blood in it than you are with the blood of Christ that was spilt for you on Good Friday. And you're like, oh, the world's going, the world's going to hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you, some of you call yourselves Christians. At least little Nass is being more honest than you are. You know what he's saying? I'm going to hell. That's why I'm gonna wear shoes that say six, six, six. So let me tell you this. Easter says that little Nass needs Jesus. Easter says that Pastor Matt needs Jesus. So what I'm gonna do, instead of doing my little Facebook post, my little social activist gift for the day, I'm gonna pray for little Nass, just like I'm gonna pray for you. Do you know why? Because little Nass, you and me, need to be reconciled to God, and only the blood of Jesus can do it. Romans 5, 9, B and 10, it says he will certainly save us from condemnation. That's what little Nass is saying. He said, well, I'm going to hell. I might as well just celebrate it. That's foolishness. That's strange. That's wrong. And I pray that God touches little Nass's heart. But there's what you and I need to know. This is why we need to celebrate Easter. You can see little Nass and say, that guy's got a problem. Have you looked at yourself? Because the gospel says, you have a problem with God. And the only way for your problem with God to be fixed is through Jesus, and it's why we celebrate Easter. For since our friendship with God was restored, how? By the death of his son, while we were still his enemies. Did you just hear that? So many of you who call yourselves Christians, you can't stand your political enemies. Then I have to ask you, have you met Jesus? because you were his political enemy. 
He's not running for election. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And if you're on his side, then you try to recruit anyone and everyone regardless of their political side. If you can't give grace, have you experienced grace? We will certainly be saved through the life of his son. Jesus died for my sins to make me right with God. That's what we celebrate. We celebrate, praise God. Jesus in one act fixed what I break every single day, every day. You know why I have to ask my wife every day, are we good, are we good, are we good? Because I'm a sinner and I blow it every single day. I can blow it on date night, Valentine's Day, Christmas Day, you name the holiday and I can wreck it. And you know why that is? Because we're all sinners. We all commit sins, okay? Sins, I wanna talk about two types of sins. Some of you are like, well, I'm not that bad person and you're still upset that I mentioned the words Derek Chauvin. You still can't get over that. Let me tell you something. We all commit sins, sins of commission. Sins are, are things that are morally wrong that we do. And some of you say, well, I don't believe in God. I don't feel God. I don't think God exists. Let me tell you something. God is not the problem. Your sin is the problem. Your sin makes you deaf to the voice of God. Your sin makes you blind to the things of God. And your sins keep your heart from beating for God. Isaiah 59, 2 says this. It is your sins that have cut you off from God. God's not the problem. Your sin is. Your sin is. Because of your sins, God has turned away. But let me tell you something. On Easter, God turned his back on Jesus so he could turn you back to him. And I know some of you are still on the self-righteous bus. You're super woke. You're super with it. And you're just running around condemning the world, condemning the world, condemning the world. Let me just ask you this question. Why do we even know what happened to George Floyd? Why do we even know? I'll tell you why. Because somebody filmed it instead of stopping it. That is the sin of omission. And you do it every day. Every day. Omission is sinning because of the things we don't do. And this is deeply personal to, to those of you who know my story. I, I came upon an attempted murder right in front of me. I watched a person stabbed once. I watched a person stabbed the second time. And I was standing there with board shorts and sands on my feet, no cell phone, no weapon, nothing. And so I intervened. And I will never forget this. Listen to me. All my little social justice words. I will never forget what happened when I finally wrestled the weapon away from him. As I stood up with the weapon in my hand, you know what I saw? A crowd of 50 or 60 people, and guess what they were all doing? Filming. Because they're more interested in the views on their Instagram than they were in helping out and doing what's right. What's wrong with our culture? It's not just the one with the knee on the neck. It's the rest of us that just watch. James 4, 17. Remember, remember, James says, it is a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Why do we need Easter? Why do we need Jesus? Listen, most of you know you're sinners and you couldn't stand before Google today, much less God. What if Google just showed your history? What if that's all we know about you? is what Google says. Do you deserve eternal life? What would Google say? Well, God's not just gonna look at your Google history. God's gonna look at your whole history, what you thought, what you did, what you didn't do. Some of the scariest questions my wife ever asked me is what are you thinking? I'd rather not say. You ever have like an evil thought? It just, it just pops in your mind? Where'd that come from? Your sin. So how do you come back to life? There's only one answer. You have to come back to life. You have to come to the risen Jesus. It's the only hope. One of Jesus' best friends, Lazarus, died. And I know a lot of us have lost friends. Man, we've lost Sandals church members this year to COVID. It's been a tough year. 
And Jesus lost one of his best friends, Lazarus, and his two sisters. Lazarus' two sisters were grieving and they were hurting, right? Because when you lose someone, it hurts so bad because everyone knows when you love, you should never have to say goodbye. And that's why you need to know the God who is love because in him, goodbyes are just temporary. But Jesus looks at her. He looks at her and he said, listen to me, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Here's, here's what I find. Everybody believes in heaven today, right? Everybody goes to heaven. Everybody goes there. Grandma's going there. Look, my grandpa just died. When an ambulance would drive by, he would answer his phone. He couldn't even, I mean, how, how is he gonna make his way to heaven? Do you, do you know where heaven is? Where, where is, which, 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 which way is it? Where is heaven? How are you getting there? How are you getting there? Like right now, there's this rich dude named Elon Musk. He knows where Mars is, but as brilliant and powerful and wealthy as he is, he currently can't get there. How are you going to get to heaven? Where is it? Which direction do you go? Only Jesus knows. Mary, listen to me. I am the resurrection. I am the, the life. I am the truth. I am the way. No one comes to God, Jesus says, but by me. The only way you're getting to heaven is if you believe in Jesus. Now, let me just say this. Some of you think you believe. Look, I can't just believe that Jesus existed. Atheists believe that. Did you know that? Atheists believe Jesus is a historical person. No recognizable atheist that's a historian denies the existence of Jesus. He's a real person who really lived. It's not enough. But I can't just believe that Jesus is the son of God. The devil believes that. I have to come to him. I have to believe that he died for my sins and he rose from the dead. And I pledge my life to him because I believe in him. Oh, but isn't that the problem today? It's hard to believe in somebody, isn't it? You've been let down, lied to. You've trusted and then just, just felt busted up inside. It's hard to trust again, isn't it? And you say, well, I wasn't there. I didn't see it. There's a great guy in the Bible named Thomas. And he's just like you and he's just like me. He missed the resurrection. Like he missed it. John 20, 24 through 25. Like he's, he's one of the 12. Like he's on the team. And he missed it. One of the 12 disciples, his name was Thomas. And he was not there. He was not there when the others saw Jesus. He missed it. They told him, we've, we've seen the Lord. We've seen the Lord. Have you ever missed something? Like, have you ever missed something? This week we were at a soccer game and my son's team scored a goal. My dad goes, I missed it. Because he's looking at his phone. Like, we're watching a game, Dad. Watching a game. He missed it. But listen to this, man. Some of, some of you, some of you have missed this, man. He says, he says, he says I'm not going to believe this. This is crazy. This is crazy. Can you imagine, like, if, if your mom came back and your dad's dead? She's like, I saw Dad today. He was at Starbucks. You're like, Mom? Like, we got to help you. But here's the problem. Jesus is appearing everywhere to everyone. Like, all over the place. But not Thomas. Thomas doesn't get to see it. Like, he, he appears to Mary and Martha, you know? Like they're in Palm Springs getting their nails done. Jesus is there, you know, let me show you my nail, you know, right there. And they're like, whoa, everybody's, everybody's flipping out, right? And Thomas is so frustrated, but he replied, he said, I won't believe, I won't believe unless I see the nail wounds in his hands. Why? Because dead people don't rise. I won't believe unless I put my fingers in them. That's a little gross. You know, maybe Thomas needed some Nike shoes, amen. It's just gross. Like that's a, that's a bit much. He says, and I'm going to place my hand in the wound in his side. And this goes on. Look at this. For eight days. Eight days. Eight days. Thomas doesn't get to see. I know. You saw Jesus. Can you imagine every day at lunch? Oh, I know. You saw him. You saw him. You saw him. You saw him. You tweeted about it. You posted on Instagram. And he's so frustrated, right? Eight days later, the disciples were together again. But this time, Thomas was with them. The doors were locked. But suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing there among them. He says, peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. Put your finger here. This is where the Roman soldier stabbed my heart. Thomas, look at my hands. 
Put your hand into the wound. Touch here, touch here. And listen to what he says. He says, don't be faithless any longer. Believe. And some of you, you say, well, well, I would believe if I could see. I would believe if I could touch. I would believe if Jesus would appear to me. Here's what you need to know. Jesus appears through the preaching of the gospel. Right now, right now, God is using my voice to speak to your soul. But here's the thing. You don't get to touch him. But through the proclamation of the gospel, Jesus will touch you. He'll touch you. And he'll say, awake. Awake, O sleeper. Rise from the dead. And Christ will give you light. Awake. So many young people today talk about being woke. The Bible says we're all asleep without Jesus. All of us, every single one of us. You're dead in your sins. There's no hope. There's no hope without Jesus. There's no hope. Listen to me. You can't even live a long, healthy life. You, your actions can't even guarantee you physical life. How on earth are your works going to guarantee you eternal life? You know what COVID taught me? I'm a whole lot more fragile than I thought. You see, most of us live in this illusion where we're stronger than we are, fitter than we are, healthier than we are, and all of a sudden something shows up and it completely changes the truth as we knew it. That's what the gospel does. The gospel says you're not spiritually healthy, you're spiritually dead. But God calls to you. He calls to you when there was no hope. Last year, Tammy and I went on a walk together, no dog this time. And I think I was feeling guilty about the young man that I left abandoned in the field behind her house. So I was telling her that story. And we saw this old man. We saw this old man in the, in the most amazingly tough, like I wanna drive a tough four wheel drive like this when I'm like 80. And he got out of his car. And he came towards us. And this is what he said. It had been three days, three days. He said, I'm looking for my son. Have you seen him? I said, oh yeah, I think I have. And you know that young man was still there, still stuck, still lost. For three days, he was stuck behind my house. But you know, his father came for him. This young man was uninterested in the police. Who knows why? I'm guessing no good reasons. But you know, his father came for him because that's what a loving father does. He comes for his sons who are broke down, stuck, and they cannot not escape. Jesus Christ sent his one and only son to save you, to save you. Do you wanna be saved? Do you want to come to Christ? All you have to do is admit what you already know. You're not perfect. You're not. COVID's revealed that, amen. But Jesus Christ is perfect and he loves you perfectly. And if you repent of your sins and place your faith and trust in him, he will save you. And here's all you have to do. Believe. And the Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Here's what I wanna ask you to do right now, right now. No heads bowed, no eyes closed. This is just you and God. If you're ready to turn from your sins, if you're ready to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you wanna be saved, just as Jesus rose on Easter, would you just raise your hand? Just raise your hand. If you're watching online, type in right now. I am raising my hand. I'm raising my hand. And I want you to know that as your hand goes up, because if you're ready to repent, you don't care who sees. If you're ready to believe, you don't care what it looks like. If you're ready to be saved, what happens? Hands go up. 
hands go up and as your hand goes up, I want you to know that your Father in heaven, his hand goes down and he will never, ever let you go. Why? Because whoever calls upon the Lord will be saved. Saved. I love you so much. I'm glad you're here for Easter. Jesus Christ is risen. We want to transition from a time of belief to a time of praise. We worship the risen King today, the risen Jesus today, and we celebrate that because he lives, because he lives, my life has changed. It is never the same again. I love you, Sandals Church. Let me just pray over us as, as we begin to worship, and we're just gonna watch an incredible video of the beauty of Jesus Christ, our risen King. Would you bow your heads as we pray together? Jesus, in the powerful, mighty name, of Jesus, we pray to you, our risen King, our glorious King, the King who conquered death, the King who loved us in the midst of our sins, the King who gave his life for us. We worship you, we love you, and we celebrate you today. Death could not hold you. You defeated death and you have saved our souls and we worship you. We pray these things in your name, in your glorious name, amen. Man. You are. 
The song that we just sang is a declaration that Jesus is my King. And man, there is power in that. The Christian faith begins with acknowledgement that Jesus is King. It doesn't mean that we understand it all, but that we are saying, I trust you. I trust you, Jesus. But as Pastor Matt just mentioned, it doesn't end there. It needs to also become personal. As we gather here online from around the US and all over the world, we sing and proclaim that Jesus is our King. And if he's our King, then we need to follow him. As followers of Jesus, we follow him. So that means if he loves, we love. He sacrifices, we sacrifice. He empathizes, we empathize. He gave, so we give. And when you give, we are able to do all this amazing work that God has for us to do here at Sandals Church. All of us, each of us to do here at Sandals Church. Because of your financial partnership, lives are being transformed all over the globe, literally. And people are discovering what it means to be real. If you wanna be a part of this amazing movement, and you are not giving, we'd love to invite you to join us in what God is doing by giving on our app or by going online at give.sc. You just heard that Jesus is the only one who can give us something better than normal and offer real hope. Jesus is the one who can give us new life and set us on a new path. He's the only one that can do that. If you raised your hand when Pastor Matt invited you to follow Jesus, then you just made the best decision of your life. And I want you to know that we see you and we're here to help you. I see you and we wanna help you follow Jesus. And this is how we're gonna do that. Checking out church is a great way to start exploring your faith. But what do you do when you're ready for more? At Sandals Church, we've created the Growth Path. It's a guide for helping you grow in your faith and helping you connect with others in real relationships here at Sandals Church. So the Growth Path is a personalized experience in the Sandals Church app that provides you with information, teaching, and resources for taking next steps in your faith journey here at Sandals Church. Whether that next step is getting baptized, starting a community group, or joining a team, the Growth Path helps you take your best next step here at Sandals Church. It's gonna help you track your progress and it's gonna help you grow so much deeper in being real with yourself, God, and others. Every single one of us is somewhere in the process of figuring out what it looks like to follow Jesus in real life. And so we've developed the Growth Path to help you see and take the best next steps along the way. If you're ready to take some next steps as you follow Jesus, the Growth Path is our way to show you how. What's your best next step? I am so excited to help you take your next step in following Jesus. No matter where you are at, I want to, we want to walk with you and the growth path is our tool to do just that. Check it out on the Sandals Church app. And when you do, you'll see that one of the first steps is baptism. Jesus, even Jesus himself was baptized, letting the world know that he belonged to God. No matter where you are at in the world, we would love to help you get baptized. Learn more and sign up for baptism in the Growth Path on the Sandals Church app. We have something. We actually have a whole lot. We got a whole lot to celebrate. Jesus rose from the dead, offers new life, and desires you and me to live an abundant life. I've had an amazing time with you today. I hope your experience here today has been a great one. And I hope I see you back here next week because we all need hope. And because we need hope, we all need hope, I pray that you would share this service with someone you know, because I know you know someone that needs hope, needs real life, and needs something new. Happy Easter. We're so glad you hung out with us today. We'll see you next week.